the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Take a look at the market action. Yesterday was a slightly red day. Nothing crazy. Um, I would say the Dow was down the most. Value was down the most. For most of the day, you saw the growth fee stocks, the mega cap stocks, the tech stocks do well. But they, too, succumbed to a little bit of selling pressure. Stocks took that smash in the mouth yesterday. It was a disappointing retail sales data. And we're starting to see more debt. Consumer debt levels are rising on credit cards. Inflation is rising. We're spending about the same, which means we're getting less due to inflation. No one's really happy. Debt ceiling, I don't know. Was there progress there? Question mark. More negotiations. GOP House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said a deal is to raise the debt limit was possible by the end of the week. While President Biden will leave his upcoming international trip um, earlier than planned to push through an agreement. I don't know. That's the that's the damnation game here. We're playing with Republicans and Democrats liking each other. So there was no agreement to raise the debt ceiling in yesterday's meeting between President Biden and the congressional leaders. Yet the spin is that it was positive. So we're still inclined right now to label the stock market a very guarded trade, a very nervous trade. Maybe anxious. Because we're watching the president and Congress squibble squabble over our debt limit, which my life has always gone higher, which as long as you can service debt, that's great. I knew that one of the big problems that America was going to have, and it's going to be more problematic as interest rates went from zero to 5%, the borrowing cost of the United States went from zero to 5%. Not quite, but it's the right idea. Um, so it costs more money to borrow. So for paying social security, it costs more money for paying for Medicare. It costs more money for paying for missile systems. It costs more money. You get the idea. So there's measured enthusiasm today. Targets had mixed fiscal first quarter earnings. They featured a beat on earnings per share, a miss on revenue. That is an indication that sales trends softened in the quarter. They warned about the earnings per share in the second quarter, but they maintain their 2024 guidance slightly better than Home Depot, I would say. I own shares of Target, and it's having a pretty awful run. Here's the funny thing about Target. I don't care about the stock price. I care that it pays its dividend. For me, the long-term play on Target is, do they buy back shares? Do they pay a dividend? Do they slowly grow their shares? 
and I'm okay either way. I'm not looking for growth. I'm looking for income. And over time, I'm looking for growth and income. But again, I'm not going to judge my call on Target until probably I'm dead. Total housing starts increased 2.2% month over month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.4 million. Um, Yeah, we're talking about housing. Building permits declined 1.5% month to month. What's interesting about that is building permits, you get that big, sexy construction worker. I know you're saying, are you stereotyping construction workers as big, strong, sexy men? Yes, just like they were in the YMCA song. I know you're saying, whoa, that took a weird turn. Um, Sure. So construction is uh, it's future work. It's future demand. It's future paint. It's future wood. It's future um, paychecks. That's what I like about watching construction as far as an investor goes. So I, I, I guess all things considered, we feel good. Retail sales were flat saying, look, there's probably a recession coming. Um, but it's not horrible. So it's, 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 it's worsening, but it's not horrible. So you just have to be honest with yourself here. Okay. That's where I'm getting at. That's what I'm throwing down. Let's go through some other quick ideas of the day. Let's see what we have. Um, as far as top stories go, target tops earnings expectations, even as sales barely budge. Elon Musk is in the news a lot right now. And I hate it because he tends to go to um, journalists who make him look nice. He won't put himself in those tough interviews. So he talks Tesla. He talks to the takeover of Twitter. Um, He defends his own tweets. It just seems like a lot of softball journalism going on there, which is, hey, trust me, there's a lot wrong with journalism. And the lack of money in the world of journalism right now is hurting it aggressively. Musk said that the next 12 months will be difficult for Tesla. Because of an increase in interest rates, basically pinching consumer budgets. He said Tesla could take advantage of Tesla's real-time information on demand for its cars to adjust price effectively. Sometimes he'd be a little too smart. I find his price increases and decreases to be annoying. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadelli, he's talking concerns about AI and its impact on jobs. He said what scares him the most about AI is that the entire society has come to together to maximize the opportunity and mitigate the dangers of the technology. Della said AI development is happening quickly, but that people remain integral to the process. Okay. Um, There's going to be a lot of productivity gains. This is my theme in my thesis right now on AI. What we saw from 1996 to 2000 was quite real in the U.S. economy. The productivity gains of email and the internet helped businesses to expand. We will see the same thing with chat GPT, which means companies will be able to lay people off. And here's talking about laying people off. I was reading an analyst yesterday talking about the writer strike. And how that basically means Disney stock is going to explode or move higher. Now, this analyst has a long-term buy, basically accumulate. This type of company you buy and hold for your kids. 
the world is coming out of its lockdown and it wants to travel. And where else do kids want to travel other than Disneyland, Disney World? So that's part of his thesis. The other part is the writer's strike is helping because Disney's making too many freaking fracking Star Wars shows, too many freaking fracking uh, superhero shows. And if you went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you knew that a lot of the inside references were from the TV shows. So if you really want to be in the on the know of why was Kevin Bacon in that film, you had to watch the TV shows. So for someone who loves movies, that kind of upsets me because I don't really want to watch the TV shows, if that makes any sense. But they all work together now. So Disney's big was in streaming because they made too many and too many Star Wars shows. It's not, it's not, we can't point to those and say, shame on you for doing that. It's part of what's going to be running Disney Plus in the long term. They do have to get their handle and their complete head around the idea of how much they're spending, though. So the writer strike should help them because they don't have to produce anything and they already have content. I don't know. It, it's, it's funny to think like that, right? How can the writer strike help Disney? You'd think they'd run out of content. It's the other way around. They have to stop spending on content. So mortgage demand is dropping in the United States as interest rates hit a two-month high. The average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed is now sitting at 6.57%. Um, we still haven't seen a lot of damage in the real estate market. I've seen my home price go down based on comps, but I haven't sold my home. And that's one of the things that a lot of people are going to say, I've got a great interest rate. I'm not selling my home. So we still haven't figured out how real estate's going to land coming out of the last 15 months with higher interest rates. We assume you're going to see a softening of prices. Mortgage applications to purchase a home dropped 4.8% last week. If demand drops, prices should soften as fewer people are pushing except for the fact there's so little inventory. Applications refinance a home fell a steep 8%. So we're not getting a lot of economic benefit from the housing market right now. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Crypto firm Ripple is buying Swiss startup as the SEC crackdown forces companies to consider overseas moves. Um, if crypto has to go overseas because the SEC hates it so much, and that's kind of the thesis. That's kind of the story out there right now. You kind of need to be careful. That's not an environment, an ecology that, that thrives. You want the crypto companies to do well in the United States so that Americans don't have to go to outside regulators to invest in product that may not be solid or maybe. Blockchain firm Ripple has acquired Medaco, a Swiss crypto custody for services firm. Um, again, this is all about Ripple's product suite and gives it access to an attractive roster of clients that includes City and BNP Parabas. It's going to help the company increase its presence overseas at a time when the uh, fighting a lawsuit with the SEC could result in them being shut down in the United States. So we got that going on. The IRS has flagged more than 1 million tax returns for identity fraud in 2023. You know the scary thing about that Apple store yesterday that they could now record your voice for 15 minutes and they could completely replicate you? Think of how much fraud's going to happen from um, my kids calling me, but it's not my kids. 
it's it's people hacking their voice. I'm seeing more and more cases of that on a regular basis. Just just dropping that. It's it's interesting how um, deep fake deep fakes are starting to become part of the fraud conversation. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up May 25th in Palo Alto, a wealth preservation event with CFP Chad Burton. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Quick business story that's not going to go anywhere. An IBM employee who's been on sick leave for 15 years is suing the company. The IT worker has leukemia, was upset that IBM hasn't raised his $67,000 a year salary while he was off work. He claimed the stagnant salary was disability discrimination. Um, I'm going to let you come up with whatever reaction you have to that. He's been on sick leave for 15 years. (sighs) Okay, I don't want to get, I don't want to play my cards there, but. Um, discrimination is a, a, an interesting term these days. TikTok's going to pay you for augmented reality filters. What? Companies set aside $6 million for this program. Developers could earn up to 14000 from just one filter. Um, a lot of people are rightfully weirded out by TikTok. TikTok's banned in numerous countries across the world. And the United States Congress is dealing with, what do we do? It's basically a China-run company where companies that operate are loyal to China before they're loyal to shareholders. That's the thought. And I sound like a big right-wing menace or a big left-wing menace here. I'm, I'm not trying to. But we tell our kids, and there's study after study after study that says social media is bad for children, that they're having problems with um image they're having problems with, with drugs that are being introduced as it's okay on social media congress doesn't know what to do if you look at the average age of congress what is it 68 year old male set the average member or something like that how many 68 year olds do you trust to run your social media account or to even understand how to get online point being is tiktok should probably face some regulation in the united states but so should all social media we have an age where it's appropriate to drink alcohol. We have an age where it's appropriate to go to the military. We have an age where it's appropriate to buy cigarettes. If all of these things are deemed potentially harmful or dangerous, can TikTok be deemed that way? Multiple countries in the world have deemed it. So I'm not saying anything insane, but will our Congress have the tenacity to do anything about it? Do you know the number one company right now that is, um, or the number one job? It, it's it's basically working for Congress and trying to politic for your company and uh, raising a lot of money. It's a lot of influence going on in TikTok right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Commercial real estate is the big issue on a lot of people's minds right now. The studying strength of the U.S. consumer is at risk. Um, people are being asked to resume their student loans. But the number one cash flow issue that I'm seeing is commercial real estate that a lot of people are concerned on. And I give CFP Chad Burton a lot of credit earlier this week. He said, you know, 
instead of looking at it as, as negatives, it'll probably be some disrupted prices that can create buying opportunities, either for corporations or for individuals. And he's right on that. Um, but there's a lot going on in our economy right now. Uh, high inflation is stopping uh, purchasing power. We still have Ukraine and Russia that never seems to go away. We still have conversations about Vladimir Putin. Generation Z is way behind on credit card payments, and it could get even worse. I pay a lot of attention to Generation uh, Z and the millennials, not so much Generation X. My generation, we've had our kids. They're very expensive. Uh, They're an economic event. So what I can, I save. But when I was Generation Z right now, I'd be thinking about what I'm going to spend money on this weekend. Am I going to go to New York? I lived on the East Coast. Am I going to go to Boston? What am I going to do? Generation Z is missing their credit card payments at a rising rate because they're young people who spend money. 36% of Generation Zers had student debts as of last June with an average $20,900 balance. When you have that kind of debt, you're paying back banks. You're not going out and stimulating economies. The credit card debt is racking up, and sadly, it's something that we have to pay back. Yes, yes, we do. So the data is that 18-year-old, 29-year-olds, 8.3% of credit card debt is in serious delinquency. The only time in my life where I could have gotten into serious delinquency was that 18 to 25-year-old time frame, right? Um, and the numbers rising from the beginning of the year to the uh, half point of the year from year over year, month to month, it's all rising. Inflation and near record high credit card interest rates are two big factors, obviously. If you ever get into credit card issues, I strongly consider <clears throat> asking your parents for money. It sounds humiliating, but if I can go back and tell my 20-year-old self some financial advice, it would be pretty different. Uh, when you do get into credit card debt, don't hide from it. And if you can ask a family member, do. Or if you, now you can take a gig economy job and work a, a job on the weekend, great. You know, I saw one of the more interesting uh, side gigs uh, that's on the rise and on the trend is translating. That's a weird side gig, translating. You would think, I don't know, there's a lot of people that speak multiple languages. You would think that it's not an industry that needs a lot of uh, employees, but it does. Okay, so credit card debt's rising. There's a lot of things to be concerned about right now. First half of the year has been glorious on the stock market, minus the Dow. So value's underperforming. Value outperformed last year. So I, I think you can see the trend. Um, we're seeing a big snapback in big tech companies where their valuations are making me a little nervous because they're high, not Dave. Not because a roaring breakout economy has happened yet. Again, Wall Street's a discounting mechanism. So are we moving early? Wall Street will move, certainly, before the economy does. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's talk some big picture issues on Wall Street. Let's talk investing, hints, tips, tricks, that kind. Um, One of the areas that I'm pretty adamant about is estate planning. 
it's an area that I am not an expert in. It's an area that as I've grown with the show from in my early 20s to my mid 50s, I've evolved some thoughts on it. I didn't have kids 30 years ago. And I was coming out of the 80s and approaching the world as a Generation Xer. We were also known sometimes as slackers, people who weren't likely to succeed, played too many video games. I think my generation did succeed. It took us a little longer. Um, For me, luckily, I was able to navigate with some creative business ideas. But I don't know if my kids have that today. Maybe every generation says that, right? My parents had pensions in a world of business. They grew up working in a world where you got a pension. In hindsight, that was almost too good to be true. It really did take good care of my mother and uh, not really my father. He died too early. But that was actually a blessing because it was passed on to her and it did take care of her. One of the nice things that happened was when it was passed on to her, her income went, well, her income wasn't going to be anything serious, but but her her budget went way down when he passed. One mistake that she made was that she stayed in the house that he died in, that they had six kids in. Now, we were all spread out, so there was never six of us all there at the same time. But essentially, the house that my mother died in, she didn't die in. She sold it with three years left before she died. But she spent the next 20 years because he died way earlier than her living in that house. She probably really could have cut that down. And in hindsight, we encouraged her to move back to her state where she was born and live with her sister and have a friend. But... Um, my mother didn't want that. She wanted to die in the house that he died in and she wanted to do it on her terms. And even though she became a, a shut in and, and really didn't have friends in the last 10, 15 years of her life, she didn't have an ability to travel out of the home because she had a stroke in the last 10, 15 years of her life. That was a mistake. Is it one that you look back on and regret? No, you, you can't do that. But when she passed, surprisingly, there was plenty of assets to be passed on to her children. And strangely, I look at that as that was kind of nice. Because she lived a frugal lifestyle in her last 20 years, the budget and the income that she got combined together was more than enough. And then she had a son who is incredibly savvy at picking growth stocks, me. And she had a son that was uh, at that time, a lawyer before moving on to become a judge who was helping with her, estate and you know managing her after she's had a stroke to make sure she didn't get ripped off so if you love your kids uh some attorneys will say leave them nothing definitely not in a in a will but maybe a trust i mostly agree with the statement i don't want to kick over and have my kids get a windfall and i want to help them And I promise that I will while I'm alive. But when I'm dead, I still want to help them by giving out tranches of money through their lifetime. A tranche of money when they turn 25. Let them get through college with a little struggle. But let them get some money for a down payment on a house. A tranche when they're 35. Their home's now doing well. Their career's going well. They've probably settled down, maybe married. 
time for a kid, maybe a bigger house, maybe private school. I don't know. So there's a tranche of money at 25, 35, and then 45. <clears throat> 45 in my head is now they're old enough to, if they want to blow it all, they can blow it all. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not putting strings attached to this. I'm not saying like, oh, you have to have four children of blonde hair and blue eyes. You can do that in a trust. But essentially, while I'm living, they'll have access to, you know, their father and their mother who can guide them financially and help them out. But I'm not giving them a big windfall. Not when they're 25. I think I would hurt them. So there's a, an attorney who raises awareness online, and she's pretty good. Her name's Brittany Cohen, and she does a lot of TikTok videos, and she calls herself a money protection attorney. She says, I would never leave anything to my kids when I die. Instead, she said, put everything, including her life insurance and her bank accounts in a living trust or revocable living trust, and she would name her kids as the beneficiaries of that trust. I really, really agree with this. Um, my mother left the money in a will. She didn't have to do a trust. Not that complicated. Um, but she had very clear thoughts that the house would be liquidated and split up six ways. No one was moving in the house. And then um, it was up to my brother David, who was doing the state side, to say, okay, do you guys, do you, the heirs want the money in cash or do you want them in stock? If it's stock, it's all divided equally. If it's <clears throat> cash, it's all divided equally. And that's what happened. Trust her for the middle class, too, according to the attorney that I'm speaking of. Um, the money protection attorney, which I think is a great title, Brittany Cohen. Uh, you can spell Brittany. I know you can spell Cohen. And if you can't, then you should be listening to the show. But she explains in the videos, if you add your child's name to property at some point during your life, the first thing that may happen is a property tax reassessment. If your property is appreciated, now your property will get reassessed at that date and they'll pay more property taxes. Also, when you die and your child wants to eventually sell your home, they lose the option of a step up in basis where the value of the property is adjusted from its initial cost basis to its current market value. So if you have a home that's gone up a lot in value, put it in a trust, Californians. I live in California, and I, I, I'm really shouting out to Californians in particular because a lot of our homes have gone up from three hundred thousand to three million. There's a lot to go on with probate of a trust. Uh, you avoid probate. You don't have to go to court and prove that your mother and father had uh, issues or didn't have issues. <laughs> They had no debtors. They had no one, you know, claims in the home, no children out of marriage where the court has to wait a year for if anyone wants to protest this will, they can. Trust automatically vets it. And when you die, all the instructions are there. And you know what's really nice about a trust is it gives me or you the chance to mourn your parents. We have, uh, I got an email from someone I worked with 24 years ago, and he came into a lot of money and he came into it in a horrible way where his in-laws died. And he was an emotional man, and I love that. And he would break down and, and cry about losing them. 
I'd rather you do that than think, oh boy, mom and dad just died. And we have to find out how much money it goes to each kid. And like the nice thing about a trust is it takes it away from you. It, it lets your kids mourn. It, it, you're, you're fighting for the right things at that point in time. Like dad's final, you know, he, he wanted a, an Irish poem written, which is really bad that I'm going to say this. Um, for Mother's Day, chat GPT. I opened up uh, chat GPT and I said, write me a poem for Mother's Day. And then I named her, I named her children. And, uh, you know, I, I said two or three things like, um, great mother, I don't know. And it wrote a beautiful poem. It wrote a pretty damn nice poem. Um, I would say it was maybe sometimes a little bit more of a limerick, which again, I, I, I guess that's something you could do. Have it write you a limerick. So the CEO of Fiverr has come out and said that Fiverr will allow you to get, jump online and pay someone to write you a commercial or jump online and pay someone five bucks to write you a poem about old uncle Joe. And uh, so, okay. I don't think chat is taking away a high level job there, but it is taking away a job there. Uh, and again, I think the way people used to do it was they'd Google Irish limerick poems or Shakespeare, Sinoni, uh, like, for, okay, here you go. When my son turns 16 and has a crush on a, a girl, uh, I could say, okay, go punch in some data on her. Uh, tell me her name. And, oh, she's a cheerleader. Oh, and she's in drama. And I said, tell ChatGP to write a, a love poem in the way Shakespeare would for his girlfriend. And it, it will do it. Um, and much, 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 much more. Anyhow, don't forget, join us for our next seminar, me and Chad, CFP Chad Burton. We're going to talk a little bit about estate planning. Not much. This is really an event that's tied towards income and retirement One. and strategies. Transition your portfolio from accumulation to income. That's one that I'm going through right now that's killing me. Because as I have cash in my portfolio, I'm like, do I want like a Home Depot that has a little bit of growth and some income? Or do I want a pure income kind of play? Or do I want to stick with my growth stocks? Which accounts to choose from first in retirement? Selecting optimal social security strategies, discerning good and bad retirement products, managing IRAs and 401ks, and protecting your estate from long-term care costs, and much, much more. Big event, retirement income and tax reduction strategies. It's coming up May 25th, Thursday in Palo Alto. You can sign up for the event with CFP, Chad Burton, and myself at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So this is a band. If you're listening to the radio show, uh, Cold War Kids, they, they opened for one of the bands that I like. And I was just surprised. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling. Like, huh. They're older than I thought. Where the lead singer's like, you know what I'm saying? Because in your head, you're like, aren't they kind of young and hip? And then you see them and you're like, ooh, they got successful late in life. Which happens. And I'm not knocking age. Listen to this on how sometimes more things change the more they stay the same. 25 years ago, that's how long I've been in this industry. Since 96. Um, doing financial media in particular, but I was also an investment advisor. And, you know, being very upfront about that, 
I just wanted a reason to get up early and stay informed. I knew that if I ever got wealthy from my income, that I had to get up early. And financial media gets you up early. Also, I knew that I was Generation X and I was competing against Wall Street types, which they could make a movie out of it. You know, country bumpkin goes to New York City. <clears throat> but I've seen the story now twice, and it's it's almost disturbing. It tells me the more things change, the more things stay the same. The headline on CNBC, um, a new company wants to give you a free TV in exchange for always showing you ads. Um, yeah. So let's go back to the 1990s. I'm much younger, a little bit more handsome, skinnier, um, more brown in my hair than gray. And there was a company that would, well, first and foremost, uh, I've been around since the IBM 8086 as a kid, which became a 286 processor, which became a 386 processor, a 486 in the Pentium. And there's like 10 different types of Pentiums. And now Intel is into a different naming scheme, the i5, the i7, the i9s. I've been through enough naming schemes, but here's the thing is back in the 1990s, computers started at $2,500. And then by the next year, maybe two years, it was a $2,000 computer. There was a $1,500 computer. Then it was a $1,000 computer, the sub $1,000 computer, the sub $500 computer. Then there was a company called E-Machines. Do you remember E-Machines? Where they want it to say, okay, this will be free if you agree to let us show you ads when you're on the internet. And you're like, oh, oh my, my, my. But it wasn't a lot of computing power either. And it was a business that didn't last, it didn't make it, didn't thrive, didn't change the world. Now listen to this. A new computer a new company wants to give you a TV in exchange for always showing you ads. Sounds pretty similar, right? Telly is offering 500,000 free 55-inch TVs to consumers willing to have a steady stream of advertisement in their homes. Connected TV ad spending was over 15 billion in 2021, representing a potentially lucrative source of revenue. The ads would appear on something Telly is calling a smart screen, which would be below the main monitor. Ooh, ooh, wait, 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 what? There's, you're watching the screen and then there's something beneath the screen? Um, you could quickly see how you're like, I'm not going to like this. Where a lot like you're watching a, a baseball game or a football game or a hockey game, basketball, and you see the ads change on the floor or an ads change on the walls. Telly founded by Pluto TV co-founder Ilya Posen. Announced today that it's opening an initial waitlist for 500,000 free ad supported televisions. It's going to be a 4K TV, 55 inch. It's going to include two screens, an integrated sound bar, and a video conferencing camera with a privacy shutter. The two screen display would place a, steam, uh, a stream of steady ads on the lower part of the display. So you could be watching Top Gun Maverick on the top screen, and on the bottom, it's saying, Go to Mexico, fly Southwest. Uh, I don't know. Does that interest you? I know it's a free TV, right? But it doesn't jump out at me. So anyway, back to you. Um, 
teaching your kids about investing, I think is really important. When you send your child off to school, they're exposed to a lot of content and some of it like I'm like, when you relive it a second time and you're now you're the parent, you're like, I wonder what my kid's doing that. The arts, the sciences, the history, language. Um, a few, few, few get to learn a little bit about money. I wasn't one of them. I think all high schools should have some sort of personal finance class in 12th grade. Uh, went to a Mother's Day brunch recently, and our waiter was a young woman who was in between high school and college, and she wasn't going to go to college. She needs to learn what to do with that tip money. She needs to learn to save 5 10 15% of it. Put it in a Roth IRA. It doesn't have to be a long class. It could be a 10-week unit. It could be a six-week unit. But it would be nice if you take a look at Fidelity. They do some really nice jobs of, of putting out surveys. Fidelity's 2022 Teens and Money Study polled people 13 to 17 years old about their attitudes and behaviors when it came to managing their finance. Sadly, 50% of teens have used a payment app, which isn't sad. I guess that's great. 49% of teens have opened a bank account online. 39% of teens have gotten a job. 72% of those polled saying they have no knowledge of stocks or bonds. So even though teenagers are out there working, saving with a bank account, they're not thinking about how do I not work or how do I stop working at age 62 or 70? Parents should teach their kids investing, the power of compounding. If your child is a teenager and they've invested $500 for the first time that they're 18, that money, given 10% annual returns, swells to $44,000 by the time they're 65. $500 in the stock market gets to $44,000 by the time they turn 65. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up May 25th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Income and retirement. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever, and it can be hard to even know where to begin. So set aside Thursday evening, May 25th, and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. This event will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or are in retirement and have at least 500000 in investable assets, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRAs and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, May 25th, 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the sign-up fee. chadburton.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.